Good morning, and welcome to A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM WDWS. For nearly seven decades, Champaign-Urbana's daily gathering spot for conversation, dialogue, and ideas. You can join it on the phone, via text, or online. Our phone number is 217-356-9397. Or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Or email us at talk at wdws.com. Now... Here's your host, Brian Barnhart. All right, good morning. Welcome. Penny for your thoughts. How you doing here? Nice and sunny and brisk. 32, it says right now. Headed for a high of 49, so it'll get there, I guess, closer to 50 degrees. But uh, good to be back with you today on this Wednesday. We hit the 19th of October, just a few weeks out from uh, the big midterm elections, of course. A lot of talk about that. And, of course, uh, a lot of local issues. And appreciate Scott Beatty sitting in yesterday. I know he had uh, County Clerk Aaron Ammons on, who's running for re-election. Uh, got a lot of response to that uh, from yesterday. And uh, thanks to Scott for sitting in for me as we uh, attended a funeral, funeral for my uncle, uh, who passed away in the last week. So appreciate uh, the time off yesterday. Good to be back with you today. We'll do an open line here this first hour. So we'll talk uh, Joe Biden talking about, uh, I guess he's going to release some more oil from the Strategic Reserve. So that announcement uh, coming down, if it hasn't already happened, it's uh, about to. A lot of the polls are pretty interesting. People trying to read the tea leaves here with a few weeks to go until the November elections. A lot of people are voting early, I guess. We have some numbers on that here in uh, Champaign County. Unit 4 discussions last night about a couple of different things. The uh, dual language programs, uh, I think over in Urbana, of course, and in, in Champaign-Urbana, they're talking about um, combining a couple of those. A committee of Urbana school district teachers, parents, and administrators recommending the district consolidate its two school elementary English-Spanish dual-language program into Leal Elementary next year over in Urbana. So the uh, school district's there discussing that. And then, of course, over in Unit 4, they're talking about the elementary school placement process. So on each side of town, a lot of schools discussion. Mentioned the early voting. More than 2,000 voters in Champaign County have already cast their ballots ahead of the November 8th election. 14,000 voters had requested their ballots by mail. 14,000. Sprint voting to merge with JetBlue. I think that news just came down from a CBS a few minutes ago. So that was the story that was out there today. In the second hour, uh, Tony Comtois is going to join me. I've gotten to know him. We attend a CU Church in Champaign. He also does there. And he's got quite a fascinating story. He does a lot of work with... Uh, low-income folks, and the homeless, and uh, he himself was homeless at one time. And we'll just kind of listen to his story, how he got there, how he got back on track, what happens with um, the homeless, how they get there. So we'll talk to uh, Tony in the uh, second hour. 
and uh, hear his story. Tomorrow we'll do an open line at 9. And Prislin with the Champaign County League of Women Voters a little after 10. And then Busey Money Talk at 10.30. Jim Dye joins me on Friday in the 9 a.m. hour. We'll have a guest from OSF in the uh, 10 o'clock hour, part of our OSF Illini Fridays. There is no game, of course, this weekend for the Illini. The next game will be a week from Saturday at Nebraska. The time for that game has been set for 2.30. And by the way, did I say uh, Sprint? It's Spirit. Yeah, Spirit Airlines. Thank you. We've got alert listeners out there. I didn't mean Sprint. I'm thinking that's the phone company, right? <laughs> Spirit's the airline. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, also, the uh, Yankees in the American League Championship Series now against the Astros. The Astros are there again. Seems like they're there every year. But it's the Yankees and the Astros. Phillies beat the Padres in Game 1 last night. Lanai Volleyball coming up at Ohio State. They've got Nebraska coming to town this weekend. And then Penn State next week. So lots of things on the horizon. We'll discuss it all here in an open line, 217-356-9397. And the text line, 217-351-5357. You can email us, talk at wdws.com. As you know, it's a busy time around here, a lot of uh, political ads running. And so we're pretty full on breaks. Let me get those in here, and then we'll come back, get it started on A Penny for Your Thoughts. We won't hesitate, break down the garden gate. There's not much time left today. Nine fifteen on a penny for your thoughts. Good to be with you. Two one seven three five six nine three nine seven. As you know, a journey is coming in March to the uh, State Farm Center. Journey and uh, Toto will be there, and we'll have a chance for you to win some tickets this hour. Now, what you'll have to do is we have bumpers, of course, all the time coming back from breaks. When you hear a journey bumper, and I don't know when that's going to be because that's up to my producer, Adam Austin, but when you hear a journey bumper, be the seventh caller today, and uh, you'll win tickets to Journey and Toto coming up in is it March 20th, I think is when it is next year, 2023. But it's when you hear the journey bumper, okay? So you got to be listening. you got to be tuned in sometime this hour. When that pops up, it's like a, what is that old... Um, thing you used to crank the uh, jack-in-the-box you know it pops up all of a sudden <laughs> that's how it'll work today okay so when that happens when you hear the bumper be the seventh caller adam will get your name we do not have the tickets currently but you will get them eventually when we get them but we'll take your name and number okay so you got to listen for that Nine seventeen. tony comtois will talk about the homeless in our population coming up in the uh, second hour, Jim Dye at the end of the week, and Prislin for a little bit tomorrow on A Penny for Your Thoughts. Chad Beckett during the week next week. Cynthia Bruno will join us as well. This discussion of the uh, Unit 4 plans that uh, were being discussed last night. All right, so let's uh, go to the phones here as we open things up. Marsha, how are you? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. I, I'm just, I was watching the news this morning, and... Um, there is a lot of voter fraud going on down in Florida, and uh, 
people are getting uh, the papers they need to vote through the mail, and apparently they're not qualified to vote, but they they go ahead and take the papers and vote. Well, now there's a lot of uh, voter fraud, and I'm thinking, you know, I'm thinking that that politics and voting, the name of the game is confusion. Keep people confused, and... Um, because when I was growing up, I have voted many, many, many years, and I remember as a young child, my mom and dad talking about how uh, if you had been in prison, you couldn't vote. Well, I, I'm, I'm sure that's changed now, but it, I don't understand why all states can't do it the same, and why there why there has to be all this confusion? I wish I'd have watched saw this yesterday because I could have talked to Aaron Ammons that uh, I just saw it this morning. But I'd like to get other people's opinions too on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, I guess it varies from state to state, but why? Yeah. So is this a story that just came out of Florida and in, involving this morning? Yeah, mm-hmm. involving the 2020 election. No, like, no, this this one coming up. You know, they okay. get their early voting, and some people shouldn't even be voting, and it, it's just a mess. Hmm. It's just a mess, and maybe somebody come up with an idea of what could happen, but I don't think we're ever going to have another another fair election. I just think that's kind of in the past. So, but anyway, hmm. I, I'd like to hear other people's opinions. Okay, thank you, Marcia. Uh-huh, thank you. Thank you. Good to hear from you. I'm trying to find a story that now there's a Am I looking at what day is this? Okay, today it says newly obtained police camera video shows Tampa police officers in Florida arresting confused and stunned convicted felons for allegedly voting illegally in the 2020 election. I voted, but I did not commit no fraud. Ramona Oliver can be heard saying on police body cam video obtained from the Tampa Police Department. Uh, the video is first reported by the Tampa Bay Times, provided a fresh glimpse into a far-reaching state operation earlier this summer to crack down on supposed voter fraud. On August 18th, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis announced the Florida Department of Law Enforcement arrested 20 people accused of illegally voting in the 2020 election. Uh, he unveiled the charges at a news conference at the Broward County Courthouse. He was flanked by police officers and the state attorney general. Said as convicted murderers and felony sex offenders, none of the individuals were eligible to vote, DeSantis said. They did not get their rights restored. They went ahead and voted anyway. He said at the time, this is against the law. Now they're going to pay the price for it. So anyway, that's the only story I've got out of Florida regarding vote fraud. And those arrests were made back in August, but the... um, I guess the press conference was held maybe yesterday because I'm looking at the date of the story, updated Wednesday, October 19th. So that's today, right? So I don't know. Maybe there's something else I'm missing there. All right, 217-356-9397. Text line at 217-351-5357. And you can email us, talk at wdws.com. Early voting underway in Champaign County. We'll talk to Ann Prislin about that tomorrow. But uh, they say more than 2,000 voters in Champaign County have already cast their vote. I think my parents are among that group. Uh, 14,000 voters had requested their ballot by mail. And uh, Clerk Ammons projecting about a 60% turnout in Champaign County.
I think the election four years ago would be comparable to 2018's turnout, which was about 65%. As of uh, Tuesday, 262 people had voted early in person in Vermilion County, along with 1,600 vote-by-mail ballots sent out, 664 of those returned already. So those are some of the numbers here locally, at least in Champaign and Vermilion County. And uh, this is interesting. On this day, just to show you where, what's the stock market at right now? 30,000 roughly, I think, is where it's been. Has it been as high as 32 or 33? 30, I think it is right now. Okay, this is the Dow. This day, October 19th, 1987, 35 years ago, the Dow dropped 508 points. They called it Black Monday. October 19th, 1987. Dow dropped 508 points to 1,738. <laughs> 1,700 was where the Dow was 35 years ago today after losing 508 points. So think about that. In 35 years, we've gone from 1,700 on the Dow to 30,000. That's pretty amazing. Uh, let's see here. 15 years ago, opponents of Chief Alinowick's performance compared him to a minstrel show, Blackface. Now the same people embrace the transgender movement who essentially wear the blackface of the other sex 24-7. Uh, problem is with men like Leah Thomas who participate in women's athletics. Are we talking about the swimmer? And force their strange ideas on the general community, a texter says. All right, uh, that's on the text line. I don't know what to make of that. Uh, 923 at uh, Newstalk 1400 DWS. One of our sponsors here on A Penny for Your Thoughts is our man Max, Max Painter at MX Electric. If you're putting in some lighting for Halloween, maybe some lighting for Christmas, don't do the, the Griswold thing, you know, where you got them all plugged into the same outlet. Don't do that. Okay, he can help with that kind of stuff because we've all done it at one time in our lives, right? We've got that power strip that's got about 10 things plugged into it if you've got a long one like that or five or however many plugs there are and then you stick the adapters in on top of that and then you stick a couple more plugs in there and suddenly you've got a spaghetti so uh, don't do that max painter can help with some outdoor lighting for you 217-359-7293 maybe you're thinking about a generator for when we get those ice storms that happen that knock your power out maybe you're looking at a generator you can certainly uh do that. Max Painter, the man to call, 217-359-7293. And he'll be doing, I believe, that uh, Christmas run again around Christmas time. We'll get him on at some point and talk about that. All right. So there you go. That's the number to call, MX Electric. They do big jobs, little jobs, jobs in between, 217-359-7293. Here on a penny for your thoughts, 925, back in a moment. In restless dreams I walked alone Narrow streets of cobblestone Neath the halo of a street lamp I turned my collar to the cold and damp When my eyes were stabbed by the flash of a neon light That's 
929 here, headed for some news headlines at the uh, bottom of the hour. Jim Dye will be with us on Friday. He writes today, the jury will have to sort out blame for the Windsor Road woes. No dispute cracks started showing up in the newly constructed stretch of Windsor Road in Urbana shortly after work was completed on a mile and a half section back in 2015. He writes, what caused the cracks? Shoddy construction practices or faulty design? A Champaign County jury began hearing testimony on all of that Tuesday. So I know there's been a lot of questions about Windsor Road in Urbana and what happened there. And both sides kind of went quiet on it because they knew there would be maybe some legal activity. And now there is as a jury having to sort all of that out in Champaign County. So they'll get that. 217-356-9397. Some of the uh, headlines in today's uh, world out there. Inflation, crime, border, the top voter concerns ahead of the midterms. Those keep showing up in a lot of the polls. And then breaking down what the polls say with three weeks to go till the election. One poll, and the poll is a poll is a poll. I mean, they all have, everybody's got one. But the Arizona Senate race, it shows the Democrat Mark Kelly up by one point over Blake Masters. The Georgia Senate race shows that uh, some have shown uh, Warnock ahead by a couple. Others have shown him up by four. This particular one has him tied at 46 with Herschel Walker, the great uh, former running back, uh, Pennsylvania Senate, Fetterman, the Democrat up two. Uh, Michigan poll has the governor there, Whitmer, the Democrat up five. New York governor, the governor there, Hochul, who took over for uh, Cuomo, uh, up four on her Republican opponent. Inflation slammed Americans piling on credit card debt. The Fed moving towards another 75 basis point hike as inflation persists. So those are some of the headlines out there. Editorial headlines that are there this morning on this Wednesday. Biden focusing on abortion. Gas prices as the GOP surges. Some of the polls seem to indicate that they've been predicting a red wave for a while. Then the abortion decision came out and some uh, Democratic voters were motivated after that. But now a lot of the polls showing that uh, this surge, the Republican wave, might be bigger than they think. But who knows? They're all guessing about three weeks out, but trying to read the, the tea leaves. Inflation is a political wrecking ball, one editorial says. Black voters say inflation, economy, are their biggest concerns. Democrats are in trouble with Hispanics. Democrats having trouble holding on to their coalition. Lee Zeldin has a real shot to defeat Kathy Hochul in New York. Democrats missing out on opportunity in North Carolina. GOP women actively seek to diminish women's rights. GOP playing offense on abortion and they're winning. And uh, let's see here. When it comes to our guns, safety is always at risk, the Sun-Times writes. So those are some of the editorials that are around today here on this Wednesday. All right, just visiting with you here this hour uh, up until 10 o'clock on an open line. We'll talk to Tony Comtois in the second hour, someone who's been homeless. And we'll talk about the homeless population here in uh, Champaign-Urbana and some of the work he's doing at CU Church, where my wife and I attend. 9.33, our news headlines this hour, brought to you by our friends at First Mid Bank and Trust. Let's go to CBS 
for the latest on what's happening there. Nine thirty-six on a penny for your thoughts. Again, uh, during the course of the hour, we'll give away some tickets for Journey coming up in March, and uh, you can win them before they go on sale. So, if you'd like to win some, be listening for a Journey bumper, and I don't know when it's going to be because Adam's going to do it whenever he does it. And you'll be the seventh caller, okay? And then we'll get your name and number. We don't have the tickets yet. But we'll get your name and number, okay? So just kind of be listening for that. All right, 937 at DWS. Dawn joins us. Hi, Dawn. Hi, Michael. Um, I just I can't really remember my question yesterday <laughs> that I had for Aaron, but it was about the voting and um, about our privacy, you know, with the cameras and everything like that. And and uh, his... I really didn't get any time to comment, you know. Um, I got disconnected, and everything that he had mentioned was leading me to my comment um, about President Trump, and he's always being blamed for everything, and everything that's going on now has nothing to do with what is going on today. You know, President Trump had jobs for everybody, and, um, you know, no one was being paid to stay at home. You know, everything that's going on now is because of what the Democrats are doing. You know, Aaron was like, you know, the Democrats this and the Democrats that. Everything, you know, is, you know, good and this, that, and the other. And Trump is just being blamed for everything that is going on today. And, you know, with all the harassment, all the people, you know, being followed in red trucks, you know, and everything in January 6th. That that wasn't Trump. It was an independent group called, you know, the QAnons. They're they're a far left, you know, nutcase group. You know, they're not even Trump supporters. That is who invaded the White House. Well, they the what the what are the, the the Oath Keepers and there were some others, I guess, right? That were yeah yeah. You know, they're they're just troublemakers. Mm -hmm. You know, and as a you know, as a matter of fact, you know, Trump wanted tra uh, twenty thousand National Guards there and. And, of course, you know, Pelosi, you know, she said they weren't needed. You know, so who's really at fault? Well, there's a lot of you dispute. Know? There's a lot of disputes over all the things you just mentioned. Um, you know, but it's um, – <laughs> it is interesting. Both sides, especially the closer you get to election, the both sides will try to tell you that they're the best things right. for America. And, uh, you know, and the other side is just flat-out evil. You know, and uh, so that's that comes with the political rhetoric. I mean, that's uh, and and the, but the real telltale sign to me is what what candidates say or what they necessarily what they not what they say, but what they don't say, or like the Democratic candidates that are in the Senate in different states, they do not want to be seen with Joe Biden. Well, that tells me everything I need to know. I mean, regardless yeah. of what they think, how great he is, or. His policies uh -huh. are great, but I don't want to be seen with him. So, okay, now what are you telling me there? I mean, so. Right, um, right. But, I mean, there's. But this world. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I was going to say that um, Trump's an easy target. The Democrats use him to motivate their base. Mm -hmm. And the Republicans use Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and others to motivate their base. And really, it's all about turnout. Um, you know, abortion is going to motivate some folks, but uh, I think right now 
through all the fog of each side saying how great they are and how terrible the other side is, you live in reality where the gas prices are really high, heating bills are going to be really high, and that's what motivates a lot of people more than anything. The, the living day-to-day in reality is what cuts through a lot of the smoke, I think. So. But, you know, I, I have to say, I, ha- I really have to say one more thing and then we can stop. Okay. Um, when did all this start, though? Well, you know, uh, it was when Biden got into office. Well, he was, uh, you know, obviously some of the COVID relief money was handed out while Trump was still president. I mean, that kind of started. Well, absolutely, you know, absolutely. And, but I mean, everything started the inflation and and you know everything, everybody being paid to stay. I believe in COVID pay. You know, mm-hmm. I do believe in that. But the the extra money to be paid stay home. You know, and the government being, you know, I mean, I just, it just all started when Biden got into office. No one wants to work anymore. Well, I think the you big know? thing, I, I think the big thing, uh, COVID had a factor in it too, but I, but I do think the big thing is the gas prices. There's just been a, the philosophy of the, most of the Democratic Party is that climate change is a major issue, that we need to get off of fossil fuels, and anything that, we do to get off of that is a good thing. That's their that's their belief. That's their philosophy. And so when you when you cut when you you know stop the pipeline from being developed or whatever you you do and you discourage um, oil exploration or shale or whatever it was and you become dependent on other countries while you try to convert the country to electric power or whatever you want trying to do that's this is what you get. So. We'll see. There's probably going to be a big backlash about all this, I think, here in about three weeks. So we'll see. Okay, Dawn? Yeah. Thank you so much for con- con- conversing with me. Very Thank good. You. Thank you, Dawn. Appreciate it. Yeah, I got several texts here. QAnon is not a left-leaning group. It's a right-leaning right leaning group or far-right group. Yeah, I get that. Uh, let's see. The real goals for early voting, mail-in voting, and eventually ranked choice voting is to zero out the voices of conservative America and affect the plan to establish one-party rule. The establishment of ranked choice voting is the holy, the holy grail in this respect. Okay, thank you. On the uh, text line, I guess some uh, some states have been doing ranked choice voting. Is that Alaska that did that, I think? I can't remember. 9.43, and that was on the Republican side. Uh, let's go back to the phones. Bill, how you doing, Bill? Good. I uh, have a uh, couple questions related to uh, a guy named James A. Peterson, who was an author that uh, had written a number of books about football players in in the Midwest primarily, and there was a company in Chicago that still exists. I've tried to do all kinds of searching. In fact, I uh, asked Tate and a couple of the other guys uh, at the bowling alley here in Savoy about the books, and they had never heard of them. But Hinkley Schmidt, uh, which is a water company still in existence in Chicago area, apparently had a a uh, annual football luncheon and this Peterson then each year 
would compile and write a uh, small hardback book uh, on some football player. Hmm. Um, and a couple examples uh, is the Four Horsemen of Notre Dame was one, uh, and uh, Eckersall of Chicago, uh, Thorpe, Hmm. Uh, Slater of Iowa, and the other one that I have, I actually have a couple copies of that, of uh, Grange of Illinois. Hmm. And I had, uh, I just thought it was interesting that no one knows much about that. And so I thought maybe one of your listeners might have some information on that luncheon that took place uh, in Chicago every year and uh, who attended and so on. But I can't seem to find any other information. But just thought I'd share that uh, with you. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, I'll see if anybody knows were, about that. I don't know. Yeah. And they were all written in the 50s hmm. okay. uh, when the books were written. And they're small hardbacks. Hmm. Um, and Grange is the only one that has his number on the front cover. The other one have other has other images of the uh, players themselves. But I just thought it was a cool series. A yeah. friend of mine had these, and uh, I was able to acquire them from him. But uh, I have a son-in-law that might want those sooner or later. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. There yeah. you go. Well, thanks for sharing right. that, Bill. Good stuff. We'll yeah, see if anybody bet. knows anything about that. Thank you. Uh, all right. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Yeah. 945, Bill to Vicky. Hi, Vicky. Hi there. Hi. Um. I was uh, thinking about the problems of the finances in that uh, uh, also, and um, I don't blame uh, Biden for everything. I think it's circumstantial. Uh, but, the you know, we keep talking about our gas prices are very expensive, and somebody told me, um, oh, well, that's because you have a um, a governor that is Democratic. All the Democratic states, um, that have, that are blue, you know, they have really high gas, and that's that's the problem. And um, I just came back from Denver, so that isn't all the way to the West Coast or anything, but we drove. Kansas has cheap gas, three well compared to what we have, three thirty five, three thirty three. Uh, Den uh, around Denver, Denver proper. 337 we got before we left. Um, Missouri has 329, 335. Missouri is a red state, but the other two are blue. So that isn't it either. There is no simple explanation as to what is going on. We have higher taxes on gasoline. That is one thing. And then I talked to my sister about 419, 429 here. Um, in uh, Rantoul right now, it's 4:29, and in um, and my sister said uh, she lives in California. I would love that. It's 6:19 where she lives. Hmm. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. the reality is, you know, yeah, it's bad. It could be a lot worse. Mm-hmm. Oh sure. <laughs> yeah. Know. Well, so it, I don't. I don't know. Yeah. You know? My my wife and I have noticed even like in Champaign, it's higher than it is. In, so you go drive over to Bloomington or somewhere, and it's lower. Yeah. And it's like... Well, the other day, the other, uh, you know, about two months ago, 
the best price for gas that I saw, and I go to Bloomington a lot, was at Downs, Illinois, which mm. made no sense at all to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was about 60 cents less per gallon than Rantoul. 60. Yeah. Yeah, I go by that exit. I, I go by that exit often. Yeah, it's right off the interstate yeah. too. So you're kind of like, huh? Because they're usually higher. It seems right off the interstate. So usually, yeah. yeah. So it made no sense. But yeah. anyway, I wanted to give that perspective that I will be sharing that with my friends. That nope, it's not just simple blue, blue versus red. Hmm. Uh, there's more going on. I don't know why. And if you just consider how much diesel is. Uh, I mean, it's astronomical at mm. this point. If you know, diesel is five and six dollars a gallon here. Well, the truckers are the ones who bring our food around. That certainly is a big factor in our inflation as well. Oh, sure. You yeah, know? the cost so, of getting it to uh, us. Yeah, there's no doubt. And then I have one more thing to say. Mm-hmm. Servers. I know a lot of servers. I used to be a server. There's a lot of servers. They're all back to work. But they have traded up to better restaurants. Mm. In Missouri, in um, I didn't see it in Denver proper, but I saw it in Missouri and I saw it in Kansas. Lots of restaurants, even McDonald's and those sorts of restaurants, they can't open their lobbies because they do not have enough workers. Yeah. No, so there's a lot of places where there's like three people running the place. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I had yeah, uh, there was a there was a restaurant in um, Peoria where my stepson is at, and he uh-huh. I think it's uh, and he, that he goes to frequently. And he was like, I think the same three people are working every time I'm here. <laughs> so, I'm not surprised. Yeah, I'm so not I'm not surprised. surprised by that. So yeah, and Missouri had lots of signs: now hiring, now hiring, now hiring. Again, now they're red. It kept saying now now hiring eleven dollars an hour, and I thought, well, that wouldn't work here. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you, Vicki. All right. Take care. Thank I appreciate you. it. Take Bye-bye. care. You too. Let me get a break in. Back with more. Hang on and uh, keep listening. 950 back after this. All right, back on a penny for your thoughts. News Talk 1400 DWS at 9.54. Good to have you with us. The line's lit up there all of a sudden. (laughs) So Adam will take care of you, and uh, he'll handle all of that. All right, let's go back to the phones here to Mike. How you doing, Mike? Good morning. How are you doing? Good. Hey, I've been uh, listening for a little bit, and I'm wondering if if you would give me a few moments to provide some objective, factual information with regard to these gas prices and and some the myriad of factors and and situations that cause what we're dealing with right now. Sure, if you can uh, do it in about three and a half minutes, that'd be perfect. Well, I'll I'll do a rush. Okay. The first one, the most important, because I heard you mention too, uh, this. The idea that Biden shut down a pipeline, and everything I'm going to say is easily documented for those who have the interest or integrity to go look at it, is not true. The Keystone Pipeline carries oil from the tar sands of Canada down to the refineries in Louisiana and Texas, 
and it's then shipped, it's refined to gasoline and shipped internationally. We don't own it. We would have to buy it from Canada if we want access to it. But what you frequently see is dishonest claims that, oh, Biden shut down the Keystone XL, you know, extension, and that is causing this. Okay, let me let me ask you this, though. Let me ask you this. If it wasn't such okay. a big deal, why did he, well, that was the first thing he did? Well, that's what I'm going to mention. If okay. You, so it was it was stopped because those tar sand oil is incredibly, has is different than regular oil. It has very strong toxic properties. And there was concerns that if there was a spill or something like that, that it might create tremendous environmental damage. So they they stopped it to to analyze and engineer solutions for those potential. But the, the key point is, even if nothing would have been stopped, that proposed extension wouldn't have been carrying any oil till late 24 or 2025. So it has absolutely no impact, despite dishonest claims on the current situation. The other thing is, I mean, there are the oil companies have, because of COVID and demand went down, they have millions of acres and thousands of leases that they're allowed to explore. And they're not, they, they stopped doing it because of the demand went way down. And they have wells they capped that they only, you know, a lot of those have not been, they haven't been trying to re, uh, you know, reactivate those. And so this is basic economic supply and demand. So if you want to point, there's a lot of, and, you know, this is a global issue. Biden didn't raise gas prices in England. If you want to point fingers, ask the oil companies why they're not reactivating those whales, wells, why are they not activating those leases on lands that aren't national wildlife refuges because the price is so high and they're making billions of dollars by keeping the supply low. It's basic economics 101. No president really has control over this. And it's a global situation. And when people dishonestly blame Biden for gas prices, they're showing, number one, they really have no understanding of global energy markets and that they don't care to, you know, uh, understand just basic economics and the truth. Hey, you, you, you did it in about three minutes. That's pretty good. Okay. <laughs> I, I like that. Yeah, but Thank which you. but you're very good. But you would agree that it doesn't matter who the president is. If the gas prices are high, they get blamed for it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I don't mean to be condescending, but yeah. a lot of people don't bother to actually investigate and get the actual facts. They, re- they react with emotion and they vote with emotion without seeing what the real fact, and you know, this is a global situation. No president, and you know, obviously the, the Warren has taken all the Russian oil off the market. So there's so many factors involved and to just blame one person is frankly unintelligent. Hey, very good, Mike. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Yep, good to hear from you. All right, 217-356-9397. Somebody says they brought gas. Uh, Greg says he brought gas in Talladega, Alabama two weeks ago, two ninety-two a gallon. How about that? All right, 959. We're going to visit with uh, Tony Comtois here coming up uh, in a little bit. Uh, he is someone who has dealt a lot with the homeless population in our community, and we'll talk to him about that. And uh, he himself was homeless at one time. So I think he understands what's what's going on. And then if we are, if we have some more time at the end, we'll go back to open line. We'll see how it goes here and uh, talk till we run out of stuff to talk about, I guess. 
All right, and we, I guess we got the winner on the journey tickets. We'll do it again tomorrow, so you can be listening for that. Don't tell you when. We'll leave it up to Adam. He can decide when he wants to do it as far as the tickets for tomorrow. But we did get a winner for today. All right, WDWS Champaign-Urbana at the Tone. It is 10 o'clock. This is CBS News on the Hour, sponsored by Liberty Mutual Insurance. I'm Deborah Rodriguez in New York. A big step toward hurricane recovery in western Florida. The causeway linking Sanibel Island to the mainland is opening right now. It'll allow people to drive to the island for the first time since it was heavily damaged by Hurricane Ian three weeks ago. Governor Ron DeSantis. These repairs, while temporary, are really going to help get the residents uh, of this island back on track. They're going to be able to go and be at their property, going to be able to help with the restoration efforts. The Pine Island Bridge has already reopened. Vladimir Putin has declared martial law in four occupied areas of Ukraine, despite Russia's lack of full control there. It paves the way for tighter restrictions and forced relocations. The National Security Council's John Kirby tells CBS Mornings. We are going to do everything we can, as we have now, for going on eight months to make sure that the Ukrainian armed forces have what they need in the field. And that just isn't coming from the United States. We're also leading and coordinating international efforts to get additional weapons and capabilities. A school in suburban St. Louis has plans to go online beginning Monday over environmental concerns. Here's CBS's Jim Kursula. Jana Elementary School in suburban St. Louis will be closed and students switched to virtual learning following an independent report of radioactive contamination at the site. Many parents, including Patrice Strickland, complain school officials have not been forthcoming. We first heard about it on the news, and I didn't think that that was appropriate. The school is near a contaminated creek that flows past a site where World War II two-era nuclear weapons were made. Spirit Airlines shareholders have backed a sale to JetBlue, a move that could create a more viable competitor to the four largest carriers. The plan would have to survive rigorous scrutiny first by federal regulators. Americans have been getting socked with oil bills, almost double what they were this time last year. Today, President Biden will announce he's releasing another 15 million barrels from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. Analyst Tom Close's prediction. The motion is going to be mostly low for gas prices through the rest of 2022 and very, very high numbers for diesel, jet fuel, and heating oil. Average price for a gallon of regular gas today, 385. It's down seven cents from a week ago, up 18 from last month. Inflation in the UK tops 10% weeks after the new prime minister swept into office, pledging big tax cuts, only to reverse course after financial markets tanked. Brits say it's time for Liz Trust to go. I have to watch the news and just laugh because I can't believe what she's doing. Today, Trust told Parliament she's a fighter, not a quitter. Dow up nine. This is CBS News. Liberty Mutual customizes your car and home insurance so you only pay for what you need. Visit LibertyMutual.com to learn more. Guys, stop putting your love life on hold. U.S. Pharmacy has some exciting news. If you've been wanting to try Viagra or Cialis, now's the perfect time. Call today and receive 90 little blue or little yellow pills for only $119 with free shipping. Why order some low-dose Sildenafil from one of those subscription services when we can give you what you want now? Call 800-711-6818 and we'll rush your order discreetly packaged to your door. Been thinking about trying Viagra or Cialis? Call U.S. Pharmacy. 
at 800-711-6818 for as little as only $119 for 90 pills. Need your package in a hurry? Call 800-711-6818 and ask about our express shipping option and we'll rush your order to you as soon as possible. Save money on this little blue or yellow pill you've been wanting to try. Again, 800-711-6818 now. That's 800-711-6818. It's the second hour of A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM WDWS. You can join in on the phone, via text, or online. Our phone number is 217-356-9397. Or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Or send an email to talk at WDWS.com. Now, here again, Brian Barnhart. All right, on a penny for your thoughts, this is hour number two as we uh, move along here on our show today with you until 11 o'clock, 10.08. And what's our high today? 49. How about that? 26. The low coming up tonight couple of over uh, leftover texts here. We did get a winner, by the way, for the uh, journey tickets coming up in March, so we've already taken care of that. Uh, let's see here. A couple of notes. Uh, this day, 1894, got this text in or email. says, faculty and students in the convocation adopted orange and navy blue as the university colors. Yeah, that's uh, that's been pretty important. Uh, Dr. John Milton Gregory, first regent of the University of Illinois, died at his home in Washington, D.C. He was elected regent at the U, uh, at the university in 1867, left the office in June of 1880. Uh, gasoline prices in 1921 went up two cents a gallon in Champaign. The various filling stations hung 28 by 10 signs out in place of the 18 8 by 10 signs that had done duty for the last few months. The difference in prices is due to the distance of the gas must be carried. <laughs> okay, that's from 1921. Uh, 1922, committees have been named for Stadium Drive, a killing frost and freezing temperatures expected on this day, 1925. 1957, NBC set a perfect stage for the Illinois route over Minnesota. They hauled a million dollars worth of equipment in three trucks from New York to bring the nation one of five season games in color. Tom Jones of WCIA saw the overt- oversaw the halftime festivities, commented all the fanfare connected with the U of I's 47th annual homecoming. Classic was so real it was just like being there, from player numerals to the tips of Chief Alinowicz's headdress feathers. Jones pointed out the present two drawbacks to color is the price and the adjustment difficulties <laughs> to color TV. All right, fun memories from uh, Chuck. Somebody mentioned the gas price in Talladega, Alabama, two ninety two a gallon. That was a NASCAR weekend. If it had been in Illinois, it had been over $5. Uh, don't forget the first order of business for President Biden was to cancel the XL pipeline that would have provided us with Canadian oil. Uh, all these convoluted defenses of Biden don't explain the bottom line. We were energy independent and as an exporter of oil and now go begging to nations that are not really friends. Okay, there we go. A lot of reaction. I'll get to some more of those as we go. Tony Comtois joins us from over at CU Church. How are you? Good. Good. I'd like to host a show like this and 
answer all those questions. Yeah, some interesting <laughs> stuff. <laughs> How about that? So you're a CU Church. What do you do over there? I'm uh, My title, my job title is Friend of the Community, and uh, I just work with the population of the world that needs some help and struggles a little bit. Mm-hmm. Low income. Low income, income. homeless. Mm-hmm. Lot, lot of my... A lot of my job revolves around the homeless community and the addiction community. We see more homelessness now. When the economy's bad, does that have a ripple effect or, or not? I don't know. I think yeah. sometimes it's a seasonal thing, yeah. it seems like. The economy does have some things to play into it. Yeah. So how long have you been with CU Church? I've been with CU Church for about five years now. Yeah. Over there with Jason Epperson and, yep. and the team. It's a great team, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I wandered in the doors struggling myself. Really? And that's yeah. kind of how I landed there. Yeah. Well, let's talk about your story a little bit, and then we'll talk about the work you do. Uh, okay. Where'd you grow up? Kind of give me your background a little bit. Um, um, Chelsea Naval Base is where I was born. I'm a military kid. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad was in the Air Force. He transferred over to the Air Force, and man, I lived just about everywhere there was an Air Force base, it seemed like my mom told me. And uh, hmm. at the age of 10, um, we were in Rantoul up the road. My parents separated, and uh, that's kind of how I just – this became like a home area for me. My mom's still here locally. Mm-hmm. and They were da- up at Chanute? She's or, in yeah. Gifford. Gifford, okay. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Just – and I bounced around a lot yeah. <laughs> through, my, through my days. Yeah. So talk about what uh, your life experience, because at one time, I mean, you were homeless, right? Yeah, I – I became homeless by choice, actually, mm-hmm. in uh, July of 2006. Um, mm-hmm. Just I, I had done some things I, like I, I, you know, I have an addiction history myself. Um, like I tell people, like my drug of choice is what do you got and how much can I have is mm-hmm. the best way to describe it. Um, I wasn't really picky. Um, I, alcohol was always around. It seemed like. Mm-hmm. And I just I, I started drinking at like the age of twelve, and like immediately like trouble started like, um, and just it it was a train wreck. A lot of lot of things went wrong. Um, I I did it to hang out with the cool crowd, mm-hmm. per se. Um, my oldest brother. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to run with him and his friends. Yeah. And, uh, and how much older was he? He was two years older. Okay. Um, and uh, and just a lot of things went on, and like I don't, I don't really like talking about it. Mm-hmm. It was a mess. Yeah. A lot of. Uh, but you started early at an early age. Started early. Yeah. A lot of anger, mm-hmm. uh, like a lot of violence, um, a lot of fighting mm-hmm. for like just mad at. I don't know if it, I was mad at people or mad at the world or I just didn't get along. Um, yeah. And when, and when you said you became homeless by choice, when did that happen? In, it, uh, in sorry about that. No, go ahead. In July of two thousand, uh, July fifth of two thousand six, mm-hmm. I I woke up and uh, I was living in Rantoul. I'd been living with the girl I'd been living with for like fourteen years, fifteen years. Really, like helped brought her into the. She was a little bit of a mess already, but I really train wrecked. Her even worse. I introduced mm-hmm. her to harder drugs and stuff, and uh, and I just woke up one day and I was like, I I, I looked at her and I said, I can't I can't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I had been to Champaign Urbana and to treatment centers up here several times, 
Um, there's some meetings that go on up here that we're not supposed to talk about. They're anonymous, but I'll mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think they're that anonymous anymore, at least yeah. not with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I just – I grabbed like a Walmart bag. They call them mm-hmm. urban tumbleweeds. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. um, put a change of clothes in it and – and left and walked a couple blocks. I had to go a couple blocks to get somebody to let me use their phone. Um, called my mom and and she answered the phone um, and she go and I told her I needed to go get some help and she said, "What treatment center are we going to this time?" Because she had been through it with me and mm. um, and I told her I said I don't need to go to treatment. I said I'm gonna move into a homeless shelter mm. and I came up here and moved into a homeless shelter. Yeah, wow. <laughs> And then you were there how long? I I spent my first night in town at the Salvation Army, mm-hmm. um, and that was my plan, not God's plan. God had mm-hmm. another plan for me, and uh, and that that night the Salvation Army was the last night that the Salvation Army was open on University Avenue. Oh wow! Um, and they closed, and they said, "Well, we got a spot for you over at the Time Center." Mm-hmm. And I went over to the Time Center, and I and I lived in the Time Center for twenty two months. Hmm. Yeah. So what was that like? What was day-to-day life like? Just, uh, I mean, do you have any kind of direction where you just – Yeah, the mm-hmm. staff there was really cool. Um, mm-hmm. I still talk with Brad a lot. Um, mm-hmm. Brad works for the city now. Mm-hmm. Um, um, Brad was a huge part of my life um, there. you know. And it was one of those deals where you're – there's two sections to it. There's level one and level two. When mm-hmm. you first get there, you're in level one, and you're laying on a mat on a floor, which a lot of people think, you know, that's that's pretty like it's you don't have no dignity. But at least like you know, to me, it was like I felt like I was home. I had a place um, I could work on myself. I didn't have to worry about surviving daily. I had a place to sleep. I had something to eat, um, and I could take a shower and I could do my laundry. Mm-hmm. And uh, and there's like 48 guys sleeping on the floor, I think. And like you get to watch everybody. Um, I've always been fascinated with people. My parents have always told me I like to watch people. Mm-hmm. And you can decide, are you going to get better? Or are you going to stay where you're at? Or it is possible to get worse. Mm. Um, and I just decided I attended a lot of meetings in my early recovery. Um, the time center provided that opportunity for me. I could get up in the morning and go hang out at the recovery club all day long mm-hmm. and just work on getting better. Yeah. Know? And um, that's your sole focus is just getting better. That was right? it. Oh, yeah. That was it. Yeah. Um, it was cool. It was really cool. I mean, they were like, we're the time center. We, and I was like, that's cool because I need a lot of time. I'm really yeah. screwed up. Mm. So, homeless population in Champaign-Urbana. Do we have any ideas? Any numbers? Are there more out there than we realize? Are there less than we think? Or they like to do these studies, but I mm-hmm. think like they're really hard. I'm not going to say they're wrong. Mm-hmm. It, it's hard to count homeless people because mm-hmm. um, as far as the state of Illinois is concerned, um, it's my understanding there's four or five different classifications for homeless. Okay. The, yeah. There's the adult male that lives at home with his parents and doesn't contribute. That by law, as far as Illinois is concerned, if I'm right, unless it's changed by now when I learned this, mm-hmm. um, that person is homeless. Mm-hmm. And then there's your couch floppers, your hotel hoppers, 
and then you, there's your there's your shelter homeless, and then there's your hardcore under the bridge. Hmm. Okay, know. so those are all the different levels. Yeah, I mean, how do yeah. you count that? Yeah. <laughs> wow, those are interesting terms. I, uh, hotel hoppers and just they just go from hotel to hotel. Is, is, yeah, they're I out mean, there flying signs, going day to day, trying to scrape up enough for the hotel room. You know, and yeah, and. and so since you've had this, and Tony Comtois is with us, he's on staff over at CU Church here in Champaign. If you have some comments or questions or thoughts or maybe experiences you've had that you can relate to with Tony here, you can certainly share those. We're at 1019 as we go along. So having been in that situation where you've needed a shelter and recovery, can you, I'm sure that helps you in your current job, be able to find or help or you can look at someone, okay, I know what their situation is or I totally get it. Does that help you? Yeah, um, the the church has provided me with a great opportunity to, like you know, like just love people where they're at. I get mm-hmm. to go out and uh, I sit and watch them. Um, you might see me hanging around on an off ramp or on a on an overpass or an intersection talking with them. I might be standing there talking with them. Mm-hmm. Um, I, my truck, I, it's not the easiest thing in the world to do. Sometimes you got to park a little ways and walk, but it's worth the walk usually. Um, if I, I feel like if I watch somebody and talk to them as people did with me and early on, mm-hmm. that's how I can help them. Mm-hmm. So you did have people that were talking with you when you were you – know. oh. Oh yeah, there's an there's an old dude. I say his name. His name's Dave Peterson. Um, he's passed away now. Um, he was huge in my early recovery. I was attending this meeting, and the dude didn't even talk to me for like six months. I often wondered who this old guy was staring at me from across the room, yeah. um, and come to find out, he was watching me to figure out how to help me. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. So you're a good good watcher. You've become a good watcher. Yeah. All the and, time. Yeah. And like I said, my parents said I've always loved watching people. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's interesting. All right, questions for our guest. Uh, Ten twenty. Let me get a break in here. We'll come back with some more with uh, Tony Comtoy. We're talking about homelessness here in our community, and I know one of the things that comes up a lot on this show is what about the panhandlers on the streets? We'll talk about that here in a little bit. And if you've got some thoughts to share with uh, Tony, please do so. Back in a moment here on Penny for Your Thoughts. Why don't you just meet me? I'm losing my mind just a little So why don't you just meet me in the middle In the middle All right, sunny and cold out there, 1025, as we join you here on A Penny for Your Thoughts. Pleased to be joined by Tony Comtois, who's been with us this hour. Uh, He uh, works at CU Church. He's on the staff there, works with low-income folks and the homeless. And uh, he himself was in that position, needing shelter during the course of his life. So I think he's got a unique perspective on all of this that many of us maybe have not had. Uh, one question I get all the time is, why do you think people pan- uh, pandering, panhandling, I guess, on corners in Champaign is not really helpful to that person begging? There are many social service and service agencies. I feel like the beggars are asking for cash in that manner to use it for bad things. Am I wrong? So we get a lot of questions because you'll see them on Prospect. You'll see them. Main intersections. Um, yeah, there, there's a lot of like, you know, there, there's a lot of them out there. And, and, and 
a lot of them, they, they need money, but they need like financial advice more so than anything else. I mean, even me for the longest time, like when I came on board with the church, one of the blessings was I got a financial advisor and I would literally get sick going to meet with the dude because he was getting ready to tell me how I was mismanaging my money. Um, it, you know, I've sat and watched people and they make – they're making bank, you know. Some of them, uh, by my calculations, on low numbers because I can't see exactly what they're handed, but they're making more than I am, and it's all tax-free money. Mm -hmm. um, and where that goes is really hard to understand. Some of it goes to hotels, some goes to drugs and alcohol, um, some is taken away from them probably by somebody. Um, at some point, you know, there's rumors that there's certain areas out there where like there's high dollar areas. Campus is a big dollar area. Mm. Prospects a high dollar area. And there's like, and, you know, and you'll see them. They're they're pushing for those spots. And it's it's not pretty out there at no. all. But money's well, and, and, definitely and, going the wrong way. Yeah. For sure. and, and people I know because people will see them and you're like, you have this tug at your heart. You want to help them. But then you're like, OK, am I really helping them? And people face that every time they go through there, that goes through their mind. Yeah. Uh, yeah. One of the things that I say all the time is you're going to do, you have to do what you have to do in order to lay your head on the pillow at the end of the night so you can be right. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't think there's really a wrong way to do anything. Um, I do encourage people to have conversation. If you're going to give them some money, try and have some conversation with them. You know, try and do what I do. If you if you feel like you want to give them some money, drive down the road a little bit, find somewhere to park, walk back up, and talk to them a little bit. Um, let them know that they that they're loved and needed in the world as as most people are, because a lot of them feel like that they're, they're thrown away. Mm -hmm. And do they? Sometimes you'll see one person. I'll see them at the intersection of this intersection, and then they'll be at the other intersection. Or I mean, is there some order to what they're doing? They move. They. they move they move they i i believe my personal opinion from watching them which i do a lot of is they some of them work together there will be a boyfriend and a girlfriend they're they're usually close hmm. um it, the families are out there it, you know they they bring and it's sad they'll like they'll bring a dog with them uh, like mm. homeless, my dog need money to feed my dog, or they'll have a child with them, which to me is oh, ridiculous. Yeah, that's you're talking uh, to really talking to people then. Yeah, but. they're they're going to do certain things in order to tug at your wallet, yeah. and your heart. Well, the other dilemma people have is they may they see a, a, a husband or a wife or a child or whatever, and um, they don't know if that's legit is it someone just making money or are they generally homeless and this is just the way they're doing it i yeah. mean is is it, do you know the, the thing for that i would like people to know and i think the whole community would like people to know like the the church pays me to do this like my all you have to do is call cu church and say hey I saw this person at this place. Can can somebody go out and try and help them? And I will go out. There's other people in the community. A buddy of mine, Warren Charter, has um, he he has a local business here in town, and he he does it on his own on his own dime. And uh, see you at home has a guy that goes out. I got some friends that like to go out. Um, mm -hmm. There's opportunities, and we we can per, we can offer them, if not uh, shelter in this community, we can offer them to get them to a community where there is shelter for them. 
Um, like homelessness, I would like to say 10% of the people out there are mentally incapable of choosing between should I go in or should I stay out? There's there's a certain population when I work with the canteen run in the wintertime when they had an emergency shelter, we would have to go get certain people and bring them in in the winter. Um, the rest of them, they're – I'm constantly offering, hey, where do you want to go, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, I took three of them with me about five, six years ago, seven years ago. I took three with me to Alabama when I went to see my daughter because mm. they wanted to go south. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. That's that's pretty cool. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, my co a couple of folks here just left me. Call me back. We'll get to you here. Martel, go ahead. How you doing that, Tony? How you doing that? Hey, Martel. Uh, I am the actually the homeless outreach person for the whole county. I work for Cunningham Township. I deal with the homeless every day. I'm out with them with the homeless right now. I got sleeping bags in here. I got thermal, little thermal covers that they use that the hold your body heat. I got gloves. I got hats. I got socks. I I got everything from the what the homeless would need. And um, there's a lot of people out there that is out there panhandling. Hotel prices is up so high um, where it costs a lot to stay in the hotel next weekend. No, I think because it'll be um, and on the third, it's going to cost you about $300 to stay in the hotel. And it's, mm -hmm. and it's cold now. Um, I really worked on trying to get a low barrier shelter. We're working still trying to get that, but we're going to lose um, probably some of the housing see at home. And, and it's a real need for the homeless here. Hmm. And, and here's what I'm going to say. When you meet homeless people, you don't know their story. I didn't met a homeless person that was a doctor. I didn't met a homeless person that was a lawyer. And I didn't met a homeless person that was an architect that come out of New York that was traveling to California. And you just got to know the story. And the doctor I met went to medical school, everything. Before he, he had his first drink at 30. And and end up being an alcoholic, lost everything. Now he's gone back to his country. I don't know if Tony Tony probably know who I'm talking about. Um, and it's just it's just a need out here, and we do need a low barrier shelter. We gonna need cats, coats, and everything donated. Um, mm. And I say on the streets right now, there's probably close to seventy five people that don't even go in the shelter. And I'll leave it at that. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Martel. Appreciate yeah. your input. So you know Martel, I guess. Yeah. Yes, okay. I believe I do. Yep. Yeah. And uh, what, he says low barrier shelter. What's yeah? What, what's what's that mean? I guess a low barrier shelter. There's there's shelters that are wet, dry, sober shelters. A low barrier shelter will take in probably the most disruptive person in the community is what that would be. Um, like because a lot of it is like some of us are like you know for me early on like just. Following one rule can be complicated, and that's low barrier shelter. There's not a lot of rules. Um, really, truthfully, being in the trenches with the hardcore homeless, yeah. and there is a need for that in this community. We don't have one right now. We don't currently have one. See you at home raised the bar a little bit mm -hmm. um, due to some chain of events that happened, like during COVID. Right, things got really, really messy in the homeless community. Mm. Okay. All right, let me uh, take a break here real quick. Come back with Tony Comtois as we continue. We had a couple of callers that waited. If you want to call me back, feel free. We wanted to get 
in the panhandling question and get to that. But if you've got some comments for Tony, uh, give us a call back after this, 1034. Back on a penny for your thoughts. 1037. Plenty of sunshine out there, but it is cold. And uh, Tony Comtois is with us from over at CU Church. He works with uh, low income and uh, the homeless. If you have some thoughts or questions for him, maybe you've been in that situation or you uh, know or you have some questions about the homeless, uh, he's lived, he's been in that position before, so he can certainly help. Speaking of uh, moving around, the uh, folks at Hutchcraft Van Service, they can help you move. 50 trucks, vans, and trailers. They uh, store household goods. They relocate them. Office relocation, record storage service. They've been around when they start back in the 40s. Just as American families were growing and moving throughout the country, in the 50s they teamed up with United Van Lines. They became a United Van Lines agent. They're essentially located here in central Illinois and serve parts of uh, western Indiana as well, but they're at 1614 North Lincoln. I've toured their warehouse. It is an impressive facility, and it's a family-owned business, and they just simplify moving in Illinois or across the state line or whatever the case may be. So uh, give them a call. Welcome to Hutchcraft Van Service at uh, Lincoln Avenue in Urbana, 217-328-3333. All right, Tony uh, works with the uh, homeless. Got a question here. It says, can you ask Tony... How much does substance abuse contribute to homelessness, and what is the best way to treat alcohol or drug abuse? Um, I I believe it's a major contributor myself. Um, if like a lot of it is, it's like once you hit the street, like if you're not drinking or using when you do land on the street, it's probably soon coming as like a coping skill to like numb the brain and get get out of what's going on so you can sleep at night because it's cold or it's noisy um it you know it, the best way to treat it personally i'm a 12-step guy mm-hmm. christ is a great method mm-hmm. um there's there's a bunch of ways i don't think there any any program that's helping i believe is a good program um i don't think personally it can be done alone Talking with people is always good. Um, I know the more I talk, the more I learn about myself. Um, and I've been, I've been sober. I got sober in July of '06. So, and I'm still learning things about myself to this day that, like, want to make. You know, the thoughts are always there, not as often, but they're mm-hmm. still they creep in and this and that. Um, treatment centers are great a great place for somebody to get up, pull back out of the world for a little while and have a safe place to go and be and be away from everybody and have somebody to talk to uh, shelters are, are good. You know, a lot of people like the low barrier shelter came up. A lot of people question, do we really want to do this? Is this helping them? You know, if, if you can't get into a certain type of shelter, the low barrier shelter, and I'm a low barrier shelter guy. When I got into a shelter, mm-hmm. I couldn't pass a drug test or a breathalyzer. So, you know, do do you want to provide a place for people like me to go to change? That's the need for the low barrier shelter because who knows when that moment is going to come when that guy wants to make or that girl wants to make that change. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and what's hard is in a community, and I think we had the discussion on University Avenue, people, uh-oh, they're putting in that. We don't want it in – I don't want it next door to me. Cer- is that what you run into? Certain people don't want things in their neighborhood. Other people have welcomed it. I know in that area there's one business that um, that was welcoming to it. Mm-hmm. You know, Other people didn't really want it. I think – I think through conversations that I've learned, what it came down to is renovation cost with the short-term lease was the real deal killer for the shelter going into that location. I know you mentioned off the top, seasonal uh, drives a lot of it too. We have the four seasons here <laughs> that yep. people yep. do when it gets bitter cold, or it's a cold last night, 20-some degrees. That's right. Do do people just stay out? Do they try to get shelter or what? Well, uh, the, the troubled – the parent of the troubled – person is more likely to let them come in in the wintertime hmm. and come summertime they're like it's warm enough they're not going to die out there i'm not going to put up with it i won't put them out hmm. some come in some travel they have some have social security checks um like say some of these panhandlers out there i call it they're supplementing their income imagine taking your time off and going and standing on a corner and flying a sign so you can get some extra money um, it's not always extra money. Some of it is needed for hotels and this and that. But yeah, the season the seasons definitely play into it mm. for sure. One thing I was uh, I had a friend of mine once. So we were in Chicago, and one of the things he did was we were encountered by a panhandler. I forget where near Wacker Drive or somewhere. Lower Wacker, yeah, brutal. lower Wacker, yeah. But this was Upper Wacker, I yeah. think. But um, and one of the things he his policy was he just would say, "Hey, I'm not going to give you any money, but I'll go buy you lunch." Yes. Is that a good thing to do? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it is. I mean, ha- have a meal with them. Invite them to go sit down and have a meal. And like uh, like Martel said, so you can learn who the person is and you can learn what they really need. You know, is it a need or is it a want is what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. And, um, and when you're driving by and just handing – the money you're doing, you're you're trying to make yourself feel better. I don't know if you're really helping. Yeah. Well, I know you do a lot of work on uh, this day to day, and um, certainly there, from the church's perspective, obviously uh, you mentioned the Christ method. I mean, that's yep. part of it is introducing ministering to those because that's what Christ did, right? Yeah, he went to the. Yeah, the people I, that were forgotten in society. Yeah, right? I joke around with people about some of these guys out there got these signs out. You know, what would Jesus do? You know, and uh, and like uh, personally, like I don't, I don't think the dude carried a wallet. You know, mm-hmm. so I don't think he would give them money. He would stop. He there's there's stories all throughout the Bible where he stopped and talked with people. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what he did. He walked around talking to people. Um, and, and I'm kind of fortunate that I get to follow in his footsteps and I get to do that. Because that really is at the heart of the gospel itself. Those were the ones that Christ reached out to. The broken. The broken. That's right. He, I mean, when you read story after story in the New Testament, yeah, that's what he was doing. Yeah, it's and like he, there's all these broken people in the Bible that, are, that, are, that, that encountered Christ and their lives got better. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, and so you carry that with you and— in your ministry, yeah, yeah. <laughs> One of the when I when I wandered through the doors of the church, I was twelve years sober, and uh, and it's funny they were talking about the part where he goes across the lake, and he's sleeping in the back of the boat, and uh, and the fishermen are in the storm and they're freaking out. And at the time, I was an outreach worker for for CU at Home here in town, mm-hmm. and I had I had made a mistake, 
and my life was upside down and my life was in a storm and I and I was not a Christ follower and I walked through the doors of the church and Jason was preaching about that and I was like wow man they're yeah. like they're talking about me you know so there's really relational stuff in the book you just have to mm-hmm. you have to be ready to receive that message and look at what's really happening and one of the things the church started and has been doing especially during the summer months is they have a Thursday night service where they invite I mean, they have a cookout. Yeah, we do it all year. Do it all. Do it all year. We okay. do it all yeah, year. Okay, I yep. was thinking the winter time it didn't happen, but we bring it in. We bring winter. it inside. But yep. there are um, one of the things that I know has been talked about is just having those folks, the church members, being able to mingle with folks that that were homeless that just come up and they have a burger and they sit and eat and having that one-on-one contact with someone who actually looks them in the eye and talks to them. Yeah, how valuable is that? It's I mean, it's 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 an amazing thing to see. One of my favorite memories of my early days in the church when I was an employee of the church, there was a homeless guy in the area named Ghost um, that was real hardcore street homeless. And um, at the Thursday night meal one day, he's sitting he's sitting on a wooden bench next to Mrs. Davis, who is the wife of the owner of Davis Electric. Hmm. I mean, you know fairly wealthy lady sitting on this bench with this dude that's got squat and they're having a conversation and that's just mind-blowing that Mm. that can happen yeah and does all right uh let me take a break again 1046 tony comtois is with us up until the top of the hour back after this to Back on a penny for your thoughts, visiting with Tony Comtois here about homelessness in our community. If you need a uh, roof and uh, repairing a roof that is over your house, uh, free roof inspections. They work with the insurance companies, fully licensed and insured. Who am I talking about? Roofs by Roger. Been around since the mid-'80s. I know uh, 40-plus years for Roger Oakletree himself. Roofing, gutters, siding, windows, all of that. They can take care of it. Quality craftsmanship, professional staff. They will take care of you. Rated uh, A-plus with a BBB. Hundreds of references, locally owned and operated, 50-year warranty, 100% coverage. Call today, 217-834-3800, Roost by Roger, one of our sponsors here on A Penny for Your Thoughts. Our news during the course of the hour brought to you by Blaine's Farm and Fleet, your ag headquarters, helping you get the job done right with farm supplies, equipment, fencing, feed, and more. Wisconsin-based and family-owned since 1955. Tony Comtois is with us here from CU Church, his work with the uh, homeless, uh, I had a question here. It says, so in the past, we've met panhandlers in parking lots. We've gone and gotten them a meal, such as McDonald's or Wendy's or something, take it back, and they really get aggravated and say that's not what they want. That's happened more than once to us. Run into that? <laughs> yeah. Um, you're, they're not always going to like what you offer them. Um, like like I said, it's a want versus a need. Um I, my, I myself have run into that, try and bring them a meal, and they're, they're picky about what they're going to eat. And sometimes it is a dietary thing, and sometimes you have to be careful. Um, I've been through it myself um, with bad teeth. Um, they can't eat certain things sometimes. And, and a lot of it is, is, you know, they'll say they're hungry and hope, hoping that you're going to give them money. And then when you give them food, it's it's not a plan. So things aren't always going to go your way, and uh, it's it's – but like you said, it's kind of up to you what you makes you 
That's right. In your mind, if you feel like you need to do that, then leave it up to God, basically. That's right. right. I mean, you let... you do what you do, and and if you're right, and if you're right with your higher power, if you're right with your God, then then it's going to be okay, you mm-hmm. know. And and it's sometimes it's about the effort. You you don't always you don't always get done what you you try and do it, and it's about putting the best foot forward. Mm-hmm. All right, 217-356-9397 is our number. You can text us, Castle Heating and Cooling text line. Uh, you can join us that way as well. Let's go to Ted. How you doing, Ted? Hey, good. I met Tony before I pop in there about once every six months. thing I found with the homeless is uh, you got there's a fine line between Christianity and socialism uh, and the, the, the drug addicted will forget the uh, Christian part and they'll work with the socialism. What do you got for me? And that's, you got it. It's hard to tell sometimes. Hmm. And uh, I help a gentleman who hangs out at, and I won't say where he hangs out, I'll give it away, but he's in a wheelchair and he's hooked on heroin. I still help him because he has to listen to me and he's a good guy, he's a real good guy. And, uh, I bring him food and give him a little bit of money, and he said, not pork, is it? I said, you're hooked on heroin. I said, why are you worrying about pork? And he's a Muslim. I said, hey, Allah, we got a problem. He'll do the heroin daily, but he won't eat the pork. Hmm. And he just laughs. Wow. He's a good guy, and uh, I help him all the time. <laughs> yeah. The stories I could tell you, but he's really a good guy, and I connect with him through humor, humor and uh, my own experiences. Yeah. Hey, well, thank you. Thank you, Ted. Appreciate that. Yep, good to hear from you. Let's go to Dave. How you doing, Dave? I'm doing fine. Hey, Tony, what what I found about the panhandlers is most of the panhandlers that you see are not homeless. As a matter of fact, I know where a lot of them live. Um, because the people that are truly homeless that I find in this community are not out there with a sign asking for money. The people that are out there asking for money with signs, as a rule, not every one of them, but are people that have homes, the people that have addiction problems. Is that what you found? It, it There are several homeless out there. You're right. There's people that are not homeless that are flying a sign, and, and it doesn't always say homeless. Some of the signs just say need help, so they're not really lying to the community um, you got to pay attention to what it says on the sign, and that's why I say try and talk, stop and talk to them, get to know them, figure out what who you're helping. Well, I've met you down at the terminal a number of times, and of course, there's a that is a what do we call it? A transitional area. It's the main hub. And it <laughs> down is by the terminal. Yeah, yeah. I'm in the terminal quite often. <laughs> The Daily Bread Soup Kitchen uh, yep. from 1030 to noon, you're going to see people eating at the terminal. And and it's I didn't know about the mental illness problems we had in this county. I had no idea about that until I got involved somewhat. And it is overwhelming if you have not been down to the terminal or been over to 70 East University at CU at Home or been to some of the places that this is actually happening at. But but for those people that feel tugged 
I'm going to tell them, don't feel tugged at the heart by a sign. Because in my experience, most of the people that you're seeing with a sign, flying a sign, are not are truly homeless. They have a place that's warm at night, and they are usually, and I can tell you where they live, and I know who they were talking about in the wheelchair, too. I, I know these people, and those are not the people that we we should be helping because we are not, Brian, as you said, we're not necessarily helping those people. We are just enabling an addiction. Yeah. If, if I could say this yeah. real quick, mm-hmm. because I know we're going to run out of time here yeah. in a little bit. The one thing I want to say is this, and I appreciate you're talking about, like, you, you know because you're talking to them. My, ex- my experience with the people and with the person and with me as a person is, especially in today's job market, there's no need to be out there flying a sign. Uh, uh, if oh, a, I agree. If a, guy, if a guy like me with my criminal history, and if you want, look it up. It's right there in the Champaign County Circuit Clerk's page. I'm still there because it still haunts me to this day. If I can find a job, so can the majority. Now, are there other people out there that that can't find work? Yes, there's some. But the majority of the panhandlers, the problem isn't the panhandlers. It's the people giving them the money. Why leave the street if the money is there? You know, that's I think. And they have the right. The city has determined, Mm -hmm. our city has determined that – Panhandling is a right, uh, and so we live here. That's just the way it's going to be, and it's the way it is a lot of places. And I'm not faulting the city for making that decision because if you write a panhandler ticket, you're writing a ticket to the guy that ain't got no money. He's not going to be able to pay. You want to write a ticket to somebody, write a ticket to the guy in the car for stopping in the road. I, I just wish there was something we could do, and and they're not going to change their lives until they're – willing to change their lives and to that point where they're hitting rock bottom but it's the people out there that we need to help and there is no help for them what do we do call me yeah well but i I will go i will go and 11 30 at night call me what we've got is we've got the people that are sitting there that they're passed out in the christie clinic parking lot and what do we do? We call the police and call we me. call the ambulance and they take them in and four hours later they're back on the street. That's right. Well, that's this is what it is. It's it's all revolving back to, uh, again, I'm going to get into the, the Jesus thing here. It's coming back to the people. The system, this, there's a brokenness in the system and, and, and they don't know what to do with broken people and the system the the ones that are there the system that is there is overloaded so it's coming back to us help your fellow and, man and i had a guy ready to go he wanted to go to a bed in a facility and they couldn't get him in for three days and guess what we lost that guy's motivation to then go into rehab hmm. and yeah. so what do you do then we try try again because we didn't have the beds you you reach farther out there's i i have a list of facilities on my phone there's a great new facility indicator that just that just opened up a couple years ago i have yet to be turned away from decatur um i I think we have your number so yeah we'll we'll use it yeah definitely and we'll give a number you can reach to the church anyway when at, at the end here so okay 
Thank you. Thank you, Dave. Uh, I'm going to run past 11. Let me get a break in here. i got to get those in, and then we'll come back. We'll join uh, the uh, Clay and Buck show here when it starts here in a couple minutes. But first, this break. Eleven oh three. This is WDWS Champaign Urbana. Tony Comtois is with us. I'm going to keep it here till we get to uh, Clay and Buck. We got a commercial playing here. Let's get that stopped. All right, two one seven three five one five three five seven. Okay, uh, a couple of things here for Tony. Is there a phone number to reach Tony? We'll give that here in a moment. Uh, we lost our twenty-seven-year-old to a decision to buy to try some drugs people around him were doing. He was not a regular user. Fentanyl did it. Thus, the shock and pain of finding him dead is immeasurable. Would it help to share the family pain left behind to those you service that are doing drugs, or does it fall on deaf ears? The families of those who... Yeah, the the families, like, it's... There's so often that, like, I work with somebody and I feel like I need to call my mom and say I'm sorry. Um, you know, there's... Alcoholics and addicts are so screwed up that they screw up the people that are closest to them. Um, there's 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 groups for people, for families to talk to each other. Um, I do have a list of some parents that like when a when something happens, and I tell them I, I I'm sorry. I, I wish I could help you, but like if you want to talk to this person, you can. So yes, it does help, Sharon. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's aggravating, we talked about this, is to see someone out panhandling when every business has a help-wanted sign-up. Yep. talked about that. A little frustrating. Yeah, it is. All right, phone number to reach Tony. There's the CU Church is uh, 217-355-5120. That's their main number, 217-355-5120. I don't know if Julie answers that. or Julie, Julie will answer and get a hold of yeah, me. And yeah. like After I get to know people a little more, my, my number's actually pretty public but yeah but the, because the police know the, po- it and, and the police and the bus terminal security guys all have it and yeah but uh, the church number is 217-355-5120 or if you want to reach out to tony uh you can reach out to me here at the radio station and i'll get you in touch with him if you want to go that route but if you call the church they'll be able to help you too uh, and get in touch with tony if there's someone you've seen or you want to help or you're not quite sure how to help or what to do uh, 217-355-5120 Hey, Tony, thanks for coming in Appreciate and opening it. yourself up a little bit and uh, talking about this and uh, keep up the good work and the Lord's work yeah. as you do it. I try, and, you know. I, I, lo- I love working with people. I, yeah. I, I, I'm a firm believer of that if, if people had stopped talking to me, um, I might not have got where I am, and that's why I believe, I'm a firm believer of if, if you really want to help, stop and talk. Okay. Thank you, Tony. Thank you. Appreciate it. Tony Comtois is with us here today. We need to get to the Clay and Buck Show. Thanks for being with us. Back tomorrow with more Penny for Your Thoughts. There's a reason Comcast Business powers more businesses than any other provider. Actually, there's a few. Comcast Business offers the fastest reliable network, the peace of mind that comes with Security Edge, helping to protect all your connected devices, and the most reliable 5G mobile network. Want me to keep going? I can. Whether your small business is starting or growing, you need Comcast Business. Technology solutions that put you ahead and give you serious savings. Comcast Business, powering possibilities. Get internet security and voice for just $40 per month for 12 months when you add mobile. Plus, get free installation and ask how to get a $500 prepaid card with a qualifying gig bundle. 
ends 11-6-2022. Restrictions apply. Requires Eagle Bill and AutoPay. New Comcast Business 250 megabit per second internet. Security edge and one voice line customers only. Two-year agreement required. Equipment taxes and other fees end subject to change. Must add mobile 90 days from internet install and keep all services for mobile discount. Comcast Business Mobile utilizes the network with the most root metrics 5G data reliability wins in 1H 2022. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.